Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series Podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word. And good morning, everybody. Y'all doing well today? Yeah? Well, you're about to do better. Whether you're doing well or not, you're about to do even better. Hey, before I introduce a family so many of you already know and already love very much, let me tell you what's going on here. Last week, today, we are reminding ourselves as a church that when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left you and me here for one reason, and that is to go into all the world and make disciples. And that starts right here in our community, and it it spreads all over the globe. Now, over the last two years with COVID, uh, what we have done in our community has really thrived and flourished. Of course, traveling kind of got brought to a standstill, and so we have not been out much in the world. And so, but we're going now. We're 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 reminding you, hey, we're back in business, and using this as an opportunity to always remind ourselves: I need to be thinking, how am I praying? How am I giving and how am I going? I want to stand before my Savior and King faithful to the commission he left on me as an individual and you and I together as a church. So we've used kind of last Sunday and this Sunday are using that just to remind us, to help all of us think about that. I am going to be back in the Heaven and Hell series next week, but we have a special opportunity today uh, to have the Gallagher family with us from Ukraine. Uh, they are members of our church for, I was going to say almost 20 years, what, it's like 17, 18 years uh, that they have been members of our church. And uh, five, six years ago, five years ago, ago, they answered the call to to give their family to the Lord and serve full-time in missions in Ukraine. Now, Ukraine did not randomly come about because Veronica is from Ukraine and her family is there. Her father is a pastor uh, of of an incredible church there in Venezia. And uh, our church family over the, I don't know if anybody's kept count, over the last have we been there 20 times? We've been there uh, 17 times. 17. I'll say it right next time. I knew we were coming up. So, folks, when you and I watch Ukraine on the news, uh, for so many of us, there, there's a real personal burden there, a real personal heart for this nation. Uh, we, we love Ukraine, and, and we love the people in Ukraine because we know them personally. They're not just news for us, but we have the Gallagher family in this weekend. They're going to be here again in November, and we'll have a little bit more social time with them then. But I wanted to introduce, for those of you that don't know, this is Todd Gallagher. We've seen him on a lot of videos. Uh, Ella and Anya, their two daughters. Well, you'll get to clap in just a second. And uh, Nico is missing. That's their son. He is playing football. Yeah. You know, their, their base of operations for the next couple of months is in Pennsylvania. And apparently when you go to Pennsylvania, you got to put a helmet on for some amount of time. And, uh, but he joined uh, in, in mid-season, got to play three games, and, so they'll be, and, and is in school also. And then, of course, Veronica, mom down there. Y'all might remember back at Easter 
we had uh, members of our church read the passage for that day in like seven or eight languages. Uh, the All members of our church, and they, they read the passage in their native tongue. And uh, we closed that, that video with Veronica reading. And I got to watch the video before all y'all did. I, I watched it in my office. And, and boy, when Veronica started to read, I just wept. And, uh, but I got here on Easter morning, and guess what? I wasn't the only one weeping as you read. So uh, we're excited to have the Gallagher family. Y'all welcome them here, back home to their church today. Uh, before everybody starts talking and Todd will um, share a little bit, I would like personally to say thank you from... Um, uh, from my family and personally as a Ukrainian and uh, from Ukrainian family that are still there. Thank you so much for your prayers. That has been um, such a support for us and um, encouragement during this um, uh, this time. And I just cannot thank you enough how much it means when I say your church out in USA, they praying, they helping, and uh, for your support, we would have not done it without you. So I just thank you from the bottom of my heart on behalf of all the Ukrainians for everything you do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And I think Anya and Ella actually want to hang out with the youth, not y'all so much. So you guys can go do that. And uh, I'll, I'll come down here. Yeah, go ahead and have a seat, Todd. Um, so, Todd, what's going on in life? <laughs> Anything new? <laughs> well, well uh, let, let me reiterate. Uh, it is so glad to be home. So glad to see uh, faces that I recognize. And it's so glad to see faces I don't recognize. Uh, praise the Lord for um, new faces, new believers in the Lord, and, uh, new, new followers. And I hope to see some of you new faces this coming summer in Ukraine. Let's pray to that. Yeah, this, this coming summer, and if not in Ukraine, uh, I would like you to join me in, in Romania. I'm going to have a lot of things for for y'all to do then. But um, uh, whirlwind last now eight months. Eight I guess months. we're at eight months now yeah. since the start of the war, and uh, we've really uh, focused on three three things that I will expound on a little bit here. But um, the first that was presented to us were the refugees that flooded into the, to the country. Um, just uh, meeting needs there uh, that, that, that they needed, uh, simple basic living needs. Then going over and, and uh, outside of Romania, going back into Ukraine with the needs as no supplies were getting into the country, taking humanitarian need in and across Ukraine. And then thirdly, as we started this summer and things um, kind of settled down a little bit, uh, we started uh, ministering to uh, orphanages, orphans that uh, were... Uh, pressed from Ukraine, pressed from their, their homes in Ukraine into Romania where they had some ample places to be. We do uh, camps for them. One is going on as I speak right now for them. Yeah. So that, that's the main things that, that, that's been going on the, in the last uh, seven plus months. Yeah, tell me. So, you know, I remember we had videos of you. You know, you, you had to flee the country yeah. with so many others. You didn't actually want to go. I think you were trying to stay, but... Yeah. I think the United States basically said, you better, you better go. Yeah, so you know, we, we kind of followed we, uh, the International Mission Board, which is uh, from the Southern Baptist Convention, this, the, this church supports. 
um, we followed their guidelines, although we didn't have to necessarily adhere to them specifically. We, we kind of made a pact with ourselves and with our uh, other co-missionaries that we were in close contact with uh, across Ukraine. And they were, uh, in conjunction with the State Department that was working closely with the IMB, yeah. said the last week of January... So this, remember, this didn't start till February 24th. Last week of January, they were told, you all need to leave. This, this is impending um, what's going to happen. And let me tell you, not a, not a Ukrainian alive believed it. Not a Ukrainian alive believed it. Our missionary friends knew that the Ukrainians didn't believe it. They, they trusted in their organ, the IMB. They trusted in the U.S.'s intelligence but boy, none of us wanted to leave. They didn't yeah. want to leave, and they know that their, their compatriots they work with day in and day out said, y'all are American, you're crazy, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. But we, a week later, we followed suit, and, and, and we left. And so we, we watched these videos of you. You, you. you left and went to Romania, and yeah. then you're going back. That first couple of times you went back in, it was almost like spy stuff or something. It was so overwhelming yeah, to all of us to watch what you were doing. And then it became regular fare. And then you were going back with the whole family back yeah. into, into Ukraine. And, and I guess I'm, I'm saying all that. What, before we move into all the what's going on in ministries, what has this been like? I mean, you're a family that yeah. said, Lord, we're going to trust you we're going to go to the mission field. You're, as a family, serving them there, and now you're in the middle of a war fleeing. What's this been like as a family? You know, initially, when you didn't know what to expect, and you, you kind of build it up there as how you, we get bold, you know, we just get maybe numb to things, and, and you, you just uh, see and you understand, and you get a little bolder in your steps. But um, uh, Veronica says it best, you know, when you're in the midst of it, uh, you, you just, you don't really think about, uh, what's going on. You, you just do, you try to be smart. Nobody wants to be, you know, just nobody's trying to be a hero. You just try to be smart. You, um, just proceed in there and you trust the Lord with what you believe he's commissioned you to do. Yeah. And they're not just people as yeah. if that's not enough. Yeah. They are. They're your family. Well, they're right. your friends. They're people you're doing ministry with and and i i when you say you know we're not trying to be heroes you're just loving and serving people that are deep in your heart yeah exactly and and you know it was tough especially the the first several times uh, me leaving and uh you know hugging the family and again uh, i'm gonna try to hold it together here as we talk about this this stirs up a lot of things when you we, we we talk about it but the the family hugging me as I'm I'm about to leave and and knowing where I'm going into and and those particulars and I didn't go into great detail to to give them details as to specific, you know exactly what was happening but they knew approximately where I would be at um, but yeah hugging them as I, I stepped out and and uh, seeing my son you know tear up and and um, that that was tough that that was mm. the very tough and you just try to assure him you know you uh, with with as much confidence as you can. And then, of course, uh, Veronica, uh, constantly that first, especially the month, being on the phone, uh, it seemed night and day she was on the phone providing translation for uh, the, the Romanian church that needed the, the help. They don't speak Russian or Ukrainian, and they, uh, they needed her help. So 
the kids had a lot of stresses there. Kind of mom is really busy. Dad's gone. Uh, we didn't really have a place to stay. We were bouncing around to four different places, uh, you know, throwing things in our suitcase. But it all happened so fast, and you, you don't, uh, you know, you, you try, try to comfort the kids. But, you know, we've since seen uh, Nico and, and how he's responded to being here and just, you're just constantly saying, I don't have to hear a siren. I don't have to, to, to see you go. And, and, uh, mm. and so it, it, it's really hit us a lot since we've been back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know we've talked a lot of times during, you know, over the course of the war, the conflict. Um, and you've just talked about so many people that, that are, I say, players in this. These are mm-hmm. resources, people you've met and contacted. And uh, it's, it's almost been, it's been almost orchestrated out, and, and you've been kind of the hub of so many different things and different people. Like, how did that, how's that worked out? Well, you're mistaken. It's, <laughs> God, is the, God is the hub. And then we've seen that, and you, you, hopefully you will get that out of this here. So we, we wanted to go. We were in Romania, of course, but we didn't want to go to Romania. I don't know a soul in Romania. Um, I knew lots of people in Poland. We'd been to Poland. <laughs> Poland's pretty modern. It's much more modern than Ukraine. We don't want to go to another third world country, you know, and, uh, and tough this out. <laughs> we would like to, to be accommodated in Poland where we knew people and uh, where we could, you know, uh, maybe figure things out a little bit better. But Poland was closed because of, does anybody remember COVID? I hope, just scrap that. Uh, it was closed to Americans, not Ukrainians. It was closed to Americans. <laughs> Crossing by border, they, they would not allow us in. And, and, of course, we didn't have to go there to find it out. We knew the State Department sent us a note saying, if you're trying to flee to Poland, you, you can't do it. So uh, we, we um, didn't know anybody in Romania. So I'm like, what are we going to do? We're just, are we just going to drive you know, aimlessly or travel velocity or something, you know, and find something that, that where we can go and to be to do this trial run? Well, I remembered a couple years ago as I was investigating a coffee business, I knew a person down in that re- region in Romania that was doing coffee. And, but I accidentally contacted the wrong person. And, and it was a brief contact on Facebook. Um, but I, you know, I said, hey, sorry, and he pointed me to the right guy that I needed to talk with. Well, I, I remember that then. I'm like, wait a second, that we know somebody that's down there. The other guy, by the way, has since come back to America, so I couldn't contact him. But I said, I'll... It doesn't sound like you'd be a good spy. Uh, yeah, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and not at all. So I, I, I contacted this, this guy. And of course, when you pull up Facebook chat... The previous chat from two years ago was there, so I, I was hoping he would not have deleted it or whatever, but said, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm just trying to get some information. Well, this guy uh, invited us to come down. He said, this is the place you want to be. Uh, you would want to spend a little bit of time with your family. He said, we can find a place for you to stay when you get down here, so just, just come down. And so he was very accommodating, and this, this family turned out to be very critical to connecting us with all these people across Romania. Um, so we get there. And three days after arriving, again, going to be there just seven days. He finds us a place to stay. And uh, three days after being there, we get into a car wreck. Uh, Fortunately, it wasn't our fault. Fortunately, we were only just slightly shook up. Um, But our car is not drivable, and uh, and it's not going to be quickly fixed. And so seven days turned into, uh, you know, several weeks, minimally. But uh, so we were now... Uh, kind of locked into this this region here. Well, we went that very first Sunday to a church down there. Um, it's called Hope Baptist Church um, there. And uh, again, a, a church that has proved to be uh, integral to everything that, that we've been doing. So that first month, 
just going to church, spending time with those, the, the church uh, people as they realized we were from Ukraine. They, they were very accommodating to us, and they would try to spend time with us throughout those, those weeks. Well, you know, this was the 1st of February all the way till February 24th came, and, and that war started. I remember waking up uh, that morning, you know, again, very cold in, in central Romania in the mountains, and uh, what are we going to do? What, what, what's, what, what should we do? And so we talked about it, and, and my first uh, earthly inclination was start looking for tickets back here. And, um, and so it was looking and seeing, you know, what probably makes sense. We're down here. What can we do? And it wasn't but a few hours that uh, phone calls started coming, coming into to me. And I'm like, uh, uh, and it was from Hope Church. Hey, um, you know, we know that you're, you all are here. We're getting so many requests to accommodate refugees coming in the country. Uh, we can't speak to them. We can't coordinate them. And, and we know that you all have people who can speak you know, Russian, Ukrainian. So it wasn't just my wife who incessantly was on the phone, but my girls uh, even got on the phone and were doing translation. I did my best to at least point people to uh, what they needed to do and, and how they could be accommodated. But coordinating uh, transport from the um, borders down into the cities. Uh, then communicating with Romanians who have been so gracious, so gracious across not just the church, but the Romanians in general, but uh, to open their homes, open their businesses, to provide mattresses, to provide places to stay. And then that's when we were like, we, we can provide the, the food and the basic living needs that we had. And, and I, I, I uh, you know, my wife said, you know, uh, and she was so instrumental in, in guiding my thoughts uh, you know, maybe this is what we, we need to at least stay here for a little longer to, to help and work out. And, and those, those calls went from uh, a couple here and there that first day to literally 24 hours a day. Uh, she was getting up through the night as calls came in because people come to the border. They're, they're, not, they're getting there as soon as they can get there. So that was, uh, you know, that car wreck uh, that allowed us to build those uh, relationships, um, about, allowed us to, to really start getting in serving with the, the church that was there and, and developing those relationships was, was critical for us getting started. So as we uh, were working with the refugees, we proceeded forward and uh, we saw not only the, the refugees coming in, but the, nothing was going into Ukraine. The refugees were coming out, but there was no supplies going in. And of course, we having contacts across Ukraine, her family there, we, we could get what's happening on the ground there. Um, very early on, I think it was the, about the third or fourth day uh, in uh, our city where we were at is a military base, and that, that was one of the first that was bombed. Um, we have a couple friends that uh, live on the military base, and fortunately they were there, but, uh, and they were injured, but not uh, severely, but their homes were destroyed, um, the apartments that they had. And so, but we also knew that no supplies were getting in. Uh, there was nothing being brought in, no, no trucks were getting in. So people who, by the way, I said, Ukrainians didn't believe it, that, that anything would happen. There was nobody that prepared. Nobody prepared anything, but now it, it was coming upon them. And so they flooded the grocery stores. They flooded the gas stations uh, and uh, lines up for two days for, to, just to get 10 liters of fuel. And um, so 
with the help of the church there, they, they were like, you know, what can we do? How can we support you? And, and I just, you know, whatever I could throw out there and I see what would stick, I said, can we organize a, a drive to, to gather goods? And, and I don't know who's willing in the church in there, but we could get some vans and we can, we can drive in. And they're like, drive in? And, and, and I found uh, four other bold men who not only were willing to uh, give up their, their vehicles and include their vehicles to, to drive in, but they were willing to, um, to drive in and, and go in themselves. And so we gathered even another truck that I drove and we filled up those vans and the churches in the community, not just this Hope Church, but it was a very gathering point uh, for the community there in uh, central Romania. And you know, they had said to me that, you know, obviously we don't wish any of this upon the, the Ukrainian people, but we've never seen this in our lifetimes, churches coming together like they had for this cause. And so it was a great building point for the, the churches in central Romania. And, and as we've seen throughout all of Romania as they coordinate and work together for this, this whole effort. So, so it's not, not just churches in America, God's yeah, people everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, uh, everybody, I, I like to give the, the example of William Carey as he was heading off the first, uh, recognized missionary going to India. He said, I'm going to do it to his pastor, uh, Francis Fuller. And he says, but while I'm in the pit, I, I need you guys holding the rope to support there. And so you all are holding the rope. The, the Romanian churches were holding the rope as, as the work was, was being done and the work is being done. And so we continued um, and we took that first trip in and it was, uh, again, an amazing time of, of uh, the church as they gathered, the churches gathered all in this grounds, this uh, warehouse area. And uh, there were hundreds of people from the churches that came out there and that were praying and laying their hands on, on us as we, we left and we, we proceeded out and, and went in and, and praise God, it was an uneventful trip. Um, uh, again, just such nervousness, you, you don't know what's happening, but we had it well coordinated as best as we could uh, with um, the other churches that came a long distance from Vinitsa to meet us uh, a couple hours in uh, from the border. We did the transfer and we got out. So we saw the continued need uh, in there, but there was n- the, the insurances wouldn't work. We, I was trying to rent trucks to be able to then take in. And this is when we started uh, the push for knowing the needs. We started uh, the uh, uh, giving site here on, on, on our webpage and, and really pushing to, to raise support because I knew this is not going to be a one-time thing. Um, the refugees needed support that were in there. We were working to take things into Ukraine. And, um, but we could not find uh, anybody to rent us a truck because uh, no insurance was valid when you, as soon as you went across that border. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, a pastor, another pastor that I was in contact with, contacted me and said, you know, he was trying to look for him for something. He said, you know, I, I do a car business on the side. And he said, I can help you. And so very quickly, we were able to get a, from Germany, and it was previously owned by FedEx, a, a large um, sprinter van, if they, they would call it, but a three and a half ton sprinter van. And that would uh, let me uh, take things in. Yeah. So uh, along, we, we started up then the effort to start taking things in and across. Now, all of our 17 years uh, that, that I've been involved in the last uh, 10 years that we've been heavily involved, we've developed a lot of contacts in and across Ukraine. 
and, and the, the church is a close-knit community. Internet was still working well. People got it out, and so we started getting requests from all over uh, that churches that were remaining there, they, they weren't going anywhere. They were there remaining in the, these troubled areas, and they, they needed help. They needed to, to, to do ministry. And so uh, we continued to, to carry things in and across uh, Ukraine with the help of that truck, and I had other U- Romanian men who would join me each trip. And so we were going in with one Romanian guy, and we were usually coming out with uh, two or three Ukrainians that, that needed to get out of these, these troubled areas and, uh, to, to bring them out. My wife was back uh, constantly working, and so this first month and a half was just a, a frenetic pace um, that was, was just, just immense. Well, you know, you mentioned the church, and you mentioned uh, in Kalivnica and, uh, and Venetia, we were getting ready to take our, our 10th and 10th year anniversary trip mm-hmm. right before COVID of sending short-term mission teams into that area. Yeah. Um, knowing that we had, you know, 17 trips and almost mm-hmm. and 10 years later, what kind of base did that build for the, as, as far as the church is concerned into mm-hmm. it for a time like this? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we went in there, the, the core of almost every one of our mission trips has been, VBS camps. So, so we do uh, VBS camps, as you know, and it's um, just a lot of y'all. It's not like the, the leaders have went went there, you know, for the the pastors and stuff, and went there and put put this on. But you all went there mm-hmm. and put these these camps on, teaching the Ukrainian team basically how to conduct the camp and, and doing the teachings. And so those were a staple of of every trip. And so. This same team that we've been working with, really, in most all of those 17 trips, there was a core group of youth, core group of youth that started out in our early camps being part of the, the camp and now have grown into leaders at the church there. They are now in Romania right now putting on a, a camp for Ukrainian orphans. Um, again, while we're here, they are, they've come out of wow. Ukraine. Um, all ladies, the men cannot get out uh, between the ages 18 and 60, but the ladies put together this camp, and they are putting on a camp for Ukrainian orphans, uh, almost 80 Ukrainian orphans there, 24-hour camp this, this whole next week. And as I speak, they are, they are doing activities now. What's this, plus seven? Yeah, they're probably getting ready for dinner right now. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're, they're in there working. So that was a huge... Um, area of, of, I guess you would say training and, and as we collaborated together that they did this. But then the second area was one of the ideas, and, and I wish I would say that we thought of it, but there's this thing that we did that was called Love 380 over there. 380 is the country code for, for um, Ukraine. Has anybody heard of these? You should do Love 804 here. I know, right? That would be a good that thing if you gr- did. That would be a great it, idea. You should learn. <laughs> so... <laughs> We learned, we le- you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. This is, uh, this is what the world needs, is to love on the community, love on people outside of these walls. One of the things that, uh, it, uh, that, that Ukraine struggled with, with the evangelical, evangelical church struggle with, was kind of getting outside of the walls of the building. They were well, good at strange. Meeting, we just know? don't have that problem in yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and so... This idea of Love 380, that, that, that uh, you know, Wes, when he came over, he, he helped teach that to the leaders. We had some leadership groups there to teach this idea of how to do this. And so that's a lot of what we have, had done and have done 
through these mission trips and continuing on as we've been there full time, taking the, the groups, taking the church, and we're not talking just our church that we belong to, but the whole region of Vinitsa with all the churches there, we're teaching this idea of Love 380, getting out into the community, no strings attached, doing things, letting, letting the community use us. You know, they, 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 well, what, what, what's in it for you? We just, we just want to show you the love of Jesus. And we had shirts in, in Ukrainian, you know, God's kindness visible. And uh, people so proudly wore them out. And they, it not just changed the mindset of the Orthodox community, which is primarily what Ukraine is, uh, about the evangelical church, but invigorated the churches inside you. You know, when you try to help with one part out, helping God gives you back tenfold to a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we've seen. And so those trips have been integral in that's instilling awesome. that. In, in the life of central Ukraine, yeah. minimally. You, you know, I, I just, you know, we're all dealing with different things in life and maybe came to church today just needing some hope, some encouragement, and, and now we're listening to you as if that's what I needed. But, you know, I heard you say something. I mean, here, you're in a war and then you're in a car accident. Yeah. So you're in the middle of bad and it gets worse. And yet, as you've gotten some perspective now, you've seen... In everything, God is working. In everything, God is good. And, and he's working through those, those very bad things to do good things. I mean, that, what an encouragement, I think, to, to each of our lives in, in the middle of that. You know, we've hit Philippians 4.19. My God will provide every everything. need according to his yeah. riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And, and, and we've seen that over and over again. I mean, you know, I would like to say that, you know, I you know, felt like super spiritual missionary uh, there and you're you're working and, and you're you're growing and growing, but God has not uh, done such an amazing work until this time. It's in these times of struggle that that He really, really shows who who He is uh, in, in our lives. And and um, it's we we talked about this before, and, it, and it's been an amazing time. Do you say that in a war? It's been an amazing. It's been. But it's been an amazing time of, of spiritual awakeness in our lives, in our families' lives, in our kids' lives that are seeing this and that you just can't reproduce any other way. So we're so thankful in this experience. Uh, you know, do we, do we pray for the end of this war? Absolutely. We should pray for the end of this war. We should pray for God's favor. I mean, there's real blood and there's real dying. Yeah, and it's yeah. continuing as I speak. You know, I understand. We, we understand that there's fatigue, news fatigue, and there's just only so much of what we can see, but it's, it's continuing as strong and as heavy as it, it, it has been, really, since the beginning, and um, yeah, lots die. Let me interrupt. You were talking about the church and, and, we talk, and what the church is doing, but uh, I, I know just maybe from a personal side, what does it mean to be the church in the middle of all this? What's it like? Again, I know yeah. so many of our congregants, they, you know, they know Leonid, they know... Veronica's family, they know people. What is it like to be a church right now, to yeah. be people in the middle of this? And, yeah. and you could answer that about people in general, yeah. but I'm thinking about yeah. the church. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard because we have the option, I have the option of going in, dropping off, you know, spending just yeah. there, and then getting out. They, they, they can't get out. They, you know, a lot of them, age-wise, they, like, legally can't out. And then many of them that, that they just choose because they are doing the work. They choose to remain and they choose to stay. 
Um, but uh, the, the, the amount of uh, uh, excitement that they have to be the church at this time, they, they are realizing this, this is the time for us to shine. This is the time that people are coming wow. to them. Before, you know, we would have to go out and love yeah. 804. We're going out to the, to the communities, and, and sometimes you're met with uh, indifference, of course, you know, uh, you know no thanks, you know, and just walk on or don't even say anything. The church, the, the community is coming to us, coming to them, to, to the, for, for help. And, uh, it has invigorated the, the lifeblood of the, the church members, the churches in and around as they, they serve, as they serve. Um, and, and I, I want to throw this, this plug in here. One, one of the things that I was uh, teaching in one of the uh, camps, to the older uh, Ukrainian orphans was to asking them what they, they thought uh, um, is the number one thing in a Christian's life that uh, grows you spiritually. And so they were like, reading the Bible, praying, going to church often. And, and when I looked at this uh, survey that, that was done a couple years ago, um, some 10,000 Christians had responded to it. But the number one thing that grew people's faith, that grows people's faith, and I would attest to this, is service. Service. And, and so I, I just can't say it enough. This church provides a, a great number of places to serve and, and to serve through missions, serve in, in other ways. But that's how we grow our faith. And so yeah. this gave them places to serve. They had a real core meaning. And, and, and you all through us and through the others that had helped us to get the things there, gave them tools. Yes, the, the people in Ukraine needed food. They needed the clothes. They needed the, the medical supplies, the clothes, uh, the um, hygiene supplies. But, but as Christians, and, and they're, they're tools that enabled the gospel to be presented. And so we, as every church that we delivered to, they were so grateful because they had, it just invigorated their church to share the gospel with the people. Amen. That we're coming. We have, uh, I think, over uh, up at some point, I don't know when, about a quarter of a million dollars has come yeah. through our church. Now, that's not all us giving. You've got other individuals and that's churches church. and groups that have, that have funneled resources yep. to Todd's ministry through our church. So that's what I mean. But about a quarter of a million dollars... Has, it, it, has come through. Absolutely. That's and it, exciting, and, isn't and again, it? And again, to continue to give God praise, um, through all of this, there, there weren't, there's not a ton, you might think, okay, we got all kinds of organizations and we've seen the money given and the United States is given and, and so we just, you just got to be another one in line at the border getting across with these goods. Not so. Not so. There's, there's not that many people carrying things in and across. Oh, okay. And so it, it is, but... But because of that, because uh, it's been known that uh, through other Romanians that knew me, um, uh, other organizations within Romania that were given funding for medical supplies, that were given some funding for foods, said, hey, do you got any room on your truck? And, and not only that, hey, we got stuff for you to take in, but... We want you to take, after they've heard the story and know where we're taking, we're taking only to churches. We're not dropping off to, to um, warehouses where you don't know what's going to happen with things. We're taking to churches, and, and the, it's being distributed to directly into the hands of people. They were so willing and have been so willing to fill our, my truck 
with goods. And so it's really made that 200. Uh, we've calculated how much then there, we've taken in almost a million dollars worth of goods wow. into Ukraine. And, awesome. uh, and there's still money in the bank here that, that you all have given that will uh, get us through most of this fall. I'm uh, very prayerfully hoping. So, yeah, so God's good. God's good. God provides. Yeah, Yeah, and this is, I mean, we're not going to be able to touch what everything is going on. That's why you're coming back in November, November 13th. Mark that on your calendar. We'll have an opportunity for... You know, for folks to get up, up, up close and personal, ask you questions, yeah. and just kind of have a time of sharing after the service. What day is November 13th? It's a Sunday. A Sunday. So after church? After church. After okay. church. Yeah, we'll have a place up, uh, up in the children's area where yeah. you can go and people can talk to you. We'll have refreshments. So okay. mark your calendars to get a little bit more details. Um, what are a couple of prayer requests over here yeah. that, as we kind of close up? Um, yeah, of course, you know, as I said, continue to pray. Continue to pray for the war to, to end. But continue to pray for the church in general, the church in Ukraine, to stand strong, to, to take advantage of this crisis with, with the gospel. I know that as I've stayed in communication since we've been here the last four weeks um, with uh, all of the different churches that I've been in, just checking in, how's it going, and they are continue to be energized. And... Um, one of the things that God provides, so I said those five guys that had gone with me um, throughout there, they're now continuing to drive in. They're continuing to take things in and across. So um, st- still giving these, these churches, uh, they're going in at least uh, as often as I was, uh, sometimes twice a week based on the schedules that allow. And, um, uh, and so pray for these churches to continue to be uh, energized and charged with the gospel and, and uh, as they continue to minister to the refugees, continue to, to minister to the people that are still left behind in these war-torn areas. Uh, so that's definitely one, one of the areas um, to, to pray for. Um, and I'd also pray that, uh, ask for your prayers that you would uh, pray for Veronica's family. They, you know, again, they continue to be uh, really strong and, uh, and, and really engaged but, um, you know, I, I know that it, it just it takes a lot of energy. And we, we didn't really realize how much energy it took until we got here. And you realize that the, the weight of things kind of coming off when you didn't have to live day in and day out with the, the sirens and, and, and the, seeing the bombs explode in the sky that were fortunately picked off. And then also seeing some of them hit and no, not knowing who was there uh, that you knew. Yeah. So... Yeah, pray for the, her family, those, those two areas. And, and then, of course, the camp this week for the immediate needs. These uh, kids um, desperately need to, to know the gospel. And then many of them have been to our camps before, uh, and, and they, they've heard. But, uh, but, again, pray that lives are changed this week in, in the lives of these uh, orphans. Well, Randy kind of used the term, you know, back in business when he talked about missions. Um, Todd mentioned the possibility uh, next summer. Hey, we're either going to help with camps or go back to help rebuild. And uh, we're just waiting to see what happens with Ukraine. Uh, just got back from Zimbabwe. There's going to be opportunities there. You'll be seeing some, some information, meetings coming up just to kind of talk about what's happening, how you can get involved. We have a team in Nicaragua that got in last night. So this will be, uh, be the uh, second, second trip. We've got three more on the books for 2023. And February, April, and then next fall. And so one thing that I've learned is that you've got to take opportunities 
when you can, because the doors can be closed at any time, whether it's war, mm -hmm. whether it's COVID. When you have opportunities to go, you've got to go and, and, and be, you know, be faithful with the opportunities that God's given us. And so things look like things are opening up. And so we're going to try to be faithful with that as a church. And you'll be seeing ways to get involved. Right now, get your passports and just pray about, hey, when am I going to go? Uh, and what does God have for me? Amen. All right. So y'all thank him for being here with us today. Thank you. And uh, why don't you and Veronica head out to the center, get ahead of mm -hmm. everybody leaving so you can greet people as they, as they come by. Uh, you know, as he tells us to pray for their family or, or Veronica's family, uh, I know a lot of you know this, but you know, this isn't a family just on the other side of the world. This is a family that has sat in here and worshiped with us multiple times because again, Todd and Veronica used to live here and worship here and her, and her family would come and visit. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing when something just goes from being a news feature to, to faces and names and, and people that we know. You know, as we hear all this, you know, he, he talked about us holding, holding the rope. I, I don't know about y'all, but as I hear Todd, I think, man, if he can do that, you know, what, what can I be doing? What can I be doing to take advantage of this moment, to be a light, to be God's encouragement? I, I always challenge us. What am I giving to? What am I praying for? And how am I thinking about going? Whether that going is involved in something locally, locally with like the missions we introduced last week, or whether it's to be in Nicaragua, Zimbabwe, Ukraine, one of our partner nations that we work with here in, in the coming years. You, you, you don't have to have an answer or a commitment today, but are you willing to say, Lord, I, I want to be used in all this? I, I want to be a part of, in the midst of all the bad that's going on, the, the good that you're doing. I hope you'll take time to pray about that this week. Hey, if you've got questions about coming to know the Lord, about beginning a relationship with this king that we serve and go into all kinds of situations to just say his name, if you have questions about following the Lord in baptism or being a member here at the Heights, you can get all those questions answered as we go out these doors. There's a desk right in the center, right above it. It says, next steps. That's your next step in your relationship with the Lord. I hope you'll go out there and ask those questions. There's some folks there waiting to have that conversation with you. As I said, next week, we will be back in our Heaven and Hell series. As a matter of fact, next week is going to be called, What Makes Heaven Heaven and Hell Hell? And let me tell you something, it's not streets of gold and it's not fire. That's not what makes those places what they are. We'll be studying that next week. The week after that, that's October 30th, we're going to be looking at all kind of the fun random questions that we ask about heaven, like how old am I in heaven and is my dog there and all kinds of other very important eternity-changing questions. Uh, we'll have some, a lot of fun with that on that Sunday. And then the Sunday after that, remember, is Friend Day. We're encouraging you to reach out, bring a friend to church, to life group. And the topic that day is, where do I go when I die? Where do we go? What happens when we die? Whether it's either a heaven or a hell, we use those terms generally, 
but the Bible speaks specifically. So we'll be kind of studying that and unwrapping that. But that's usually a topic that generates a lot of interest, something maybe you would use when you're inviting a friend to be with you that day. Thank you guys so much for being here. I hope you have a great week out in front of you. Love you. God bless you.